Welcome to the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by Tuckasegee Fly Shopping Guide Service. Located at 3 Depot Street, Bryson City and 530 West Main Street, Silva, North Carolina. Tuckasegee Fly Shopping Guide Service is your number one stop prior and after your epic fly fishing adventure in western North Carolina. Visit tuckflyshop.com for stream flow information, book a guided trip, or even shop for your official Tuckasegee Fly Shop gear. Follow the crew on Facebook at Tuckasegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Norvox. From their original 1970s prototype to the latest Legacy C in five amazing colors. Radical Red, Sunset Orange, Shamrock Green, Royal Purple, Liberty Blue. Norvice has been committed to one thing, efficiency. By adding the Norvice Auto Bobbin to your Norvice, you can tie better flies faster. For more information, visit www. Dot nor-vice.com. Here in our Silver Studios today, we have Coach Dale Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, and I'm your host, Shannon Big Mess Messer. All right, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. I'm back. <laughs> you are back. I am back. New and improved, Shannon. You're a little lighter, too. A little lighter. You look like you're missing something. Hmm. I don't know what it is. Do you have like a scanner that I'm unaware? Of? I, don't, I, don't, I don't scan nothing. Got a nice bruise. Hey, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's kind of nice when you eat. You can taste what you're eating. <laughs> that's and not hurt. That's the idea. I mean, that's kind of the idea, man. So it makes eating fun. You know, you don't have those going around with those bad taste and stuff like that in your mouth. This is yeah. It's nice, nice to be on the mend. Big, huge thank you. A lot of folks out there in the uh, sent some text messages, and done pop the top. emails, and calls and things like that. Man, I appreciate that. That that means a lot. It's uh, it really did. Uh, and you if know. you didn't, you suck at life. <laughs> no, <laughs> D Dale, man. They'll just, <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. I didn't reach out to you. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> man. No, it's all good, man. It's all good. But no, it is It is good. You know, second day back at the shop, you know, off the water for a bit, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely and getting a little bit more rest each day, which yeah. is huge, you know, just because you're, you're tired. Yeah. Just can't, you know, lay in bed comfortably. But man, what a, what a neat procedure. And they, they're right. As soon as it's done, like you're better that day. You, yeah. You yeah. just feel better. It's, it's well, cool. Man. I mean, you know, a lot of people get vasectomies. It's just just a part of life. So there you go. <laughs> What'd you have done, man? I did. Oh, oh! I, I mean, said people had, listening. I might oh. know. Anyway, I had my gallbladder removed. I wasn't gonna just. Put it was it working at twenty eight percent. Got rid of that third nipple <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Doggone it, man! I know I'm not a. That's treat. what we were telling everybody. We said, "Yeah, he's getting that third nipple removed." He's. <laughs> I'm not a trio no more. Oh, Lord help us, man. He went to the Bay and Neuter Clinic. That's right. I don't hey, know which one they did. I got an announcement. This is a major shift. Okay. Okay. Oh, shift. You got gas today? I did find some gasoline this morning. That mm-hmm. was a great start to the day. It's like 7.58 and I'm rolling by the shop, but oh, I saw the full gas station, so I want to be a little late. Yeah. It's going to be okay. So um, bought a sweet new hat this weekend. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I just, yeah, you know, it's a comfortable hat, but I went ahead and bit the bullet. Yes. You're going to get burnt. I'm going out. Oh, this is this is inside hat only. This is the Sims. What do they call this, Shannon? Yeah. What do they I don't know. It? You're the one with the announcement. <laughs> well, the announcement it's, it's, is. It's a Sims am, mesh hat. It's a mesh hat, but it's, it's, it's not. full got, mesh. Full mesh. That's right. So as a bald guy, if I was wearing this in the sun, I'd have a lot of little red spots all over my head, like from the sunburn. So I'm out. I don't know if you can zoom in on that, Bobby. I'm not gonna zoom. You just out, spin it I'm out to the last. Oh, to the last yeah. thing. Last snap. I'm yeah. just like, you know what? I'm tired of wearing hats and getting headaches. I'm just gonna have to go out to the last snap. I may yeah. even be that guy that puts a little duct tape on it and make sure it holds. Yeah, man. But it's so much more comfortable. Put electrical tape. Electrical tape. <laughs> electrical tape. Uh, that's the big announcement. I'm finally electrical out to the last tape. snap. You know, uh, George uh, bought one of those. He seen me wearing one on the podcast, and he came in and he bought it, and he said the podcast sold the hat. Yeah. The the thing I like about that hat. Yeah, when you're out, uh, you know, on a trail somewhere, and you want to wear a hat, it, it's it's cooler. Yeah. So oh, the yeah. heat's escaping your your yeah, head. That's true. Absolutely. Did the so, podcast sell the hat, or is it you wearing it that sold it? Well, I I, I want to be very humble here. <laughs> it was the he said the podcast. So when George comes in, he'll say, yeah. "No, okay, yeah, I'm being very humbled here." But no, he said he's seen it on the podcast. Yeah. But it is it is a very cool hat. It's a very lightweight hat, and. uh they were kind of like, yeah, I think there's a market for this, and they've done really, you know, they've yeah. done pretty good. Mm-hmm. Had the camouflage one, and then we had the tropical version. Yeah, the, you know the tropical. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The tropical. The I salt. Think West got the salt. Yeah. Then I think his dad took it when he was up here visiting. So yes, absolutely. Well, folks, we have a special in studio guest here with us today. We're going to dive into a little bit here. We have Mr. Jeff Downing. He's up from Florida. And Jeff, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah welcome. Been ha- welcome, man. Yeah. At what point did it go from Florida to Florida? I have no idea. That just seems so silly. I have no idea. I don't even know what you're talking about. I mean, I, There's I understand a group what called you're talking Florida. about. Yeah. Wasn't like, that a rapper or something? <laughs> I guess it is. I don't Wasn't know. Wasn't there a, a rapper named Florida? Yes. Yes. There, yes, there is. The people who are from Florida don't like when someone says they're, they're going to Florida. 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 Yeah. They don't want that accent on well, you want Florida? 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 Florida. Like Colorado, Colorado. You can call it whatever you want to. <laughs> Florida. Florida. We're going to get some comments on this probably. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, man. So, uh, man, Jeff, how, how long has it been since we met? Well, uh, it's been probably about four years since you and I met. I, uh, I came up here on vacation and was going to do some fly fishing, of course. And had everything packed, and he's remembering now. <laughs> um, and uh, had a couple of rods and some PVC, so I could I could uh, pack them and bring them along. And got up here and was getting ready to go fishing. Got everything together, getting my rod out, and I went, um, "Where are the rods?" I've heard this before. <clears throat> not not your story, but it's happened. You're not the only person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I said something to my wife. I said, um, two pieces of PVC." She looked at me and she said, oh, those. I moved them off the bed onto the floor. I thought you'd see them. So Put that in recycling last time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, man. I took so, those two pieces of pipe back to Lowe's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> returned them. They gave me store credit. They were stopped $10. up. They were stopped up. <laughs> I thought I was good uh, getting $10 back. Oh, yeah. man. So, uh, so I came over here and uh, I told Shannon this, the short story. And he and he's like, oh, man. He says, 
I got a Scott rod to show you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Scott? And he goes, yeah, it's like, you know, $1,000 something like that. <laughs> Good salesman. Well, like nine ninety five. I probably could have pulled it off then because my wife was, was pretty upset. <laughs> but... Uh, I think uh, I think you sold me something else, the Echo or something. Yep, like that. absolutely, sure did. Which you were staying in Maggie. Good ride. You were yeah. staying in Maggie you, Valley. Yeah. You think yeah. Shannon was worried about his job or something? But it, his job <laughs> nah, does not depend nah, on the it was, <laughs> No, it was it was kind of a funny thing there. I think we were playing yeah. along a little yeah, bit, right? Because Vicky Vicky was, I think she's disappointed, but uh, you know things happen. Yeah, stuff like that happens. It's waiters, That's it's right. boots. People leave stuff. So right. you, hey, you're normal. Well, I don't know. No one's ever said that. Okay. Before, but. <laughs> <laughs> so have you had a good time since you've been here oh absolutely yeah absolutely yeah are you talking about this time yeah or? yeah oh yeah we're having a great time we're staying at the the flowing s flowing s farm yeah. mm-hmm. are you to uh, that point where you're gonna uh look for property up here that's what everybody about 50 percent of the people that come in tell us well that, we've so. been you know we've been looking at some places on the internet but i'm not sure whether we're ready to make that yeah make that move yet but you gotta be ready the day of yeah, yeah right now with the way yeah. the market yeah. is, mm. is gone yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. So. yeah yeah so what is it that you like about coming to the area what brings you and vicky here Jeff? besides shannon <laughs> 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 um besides you um you know, we just came here. Vicky had a, a still has an, an old friend of hers who she grew up with. You know, back when they were kids, who has a um, uh, a cabin up here, beautiful cabin up on uh, um, up on the mountain in Maggie Valley. And we started coming up here and uh, um, just love the weather, love the um, kind of laid back um, you know, sort of lifestyle. And uh, and I love the fishing. So it brings us back. Right, right. Now, the reason why we have Jeff here with us today, other than Jeff and I have been on the water together, we've, we've shared some experiences on the water, was after the uh, first time that I actually had the honor of guiding Jeff up, up in the National Park, um, right. you uh, gave me a book. And it was a book that you actually wrote. And um, we talked about this on the way up, and I was quizzing you back then about, you know, writing a book, what led you into writing a book, and we'll kind of dive into that too a little bit. But for you folks out there who may not know it, but Jeff is a published author, and um, the book is a really, really good book. And I'm not saying that because Jeff is sitting here beside of me. It's the facts. As soon as I walked in the door at this book and I set it down, my wife Tanya, who I consider a book connoisseur, she read this thing, you know, from cover to cover really really quick and then she started bragging about the book and the word spread here locally and Mm -hmm. so i i did read the book i'm not a big reader but i did read the book and it's quite fascinating and uh jeff uh wrote this book and uh there's a fly fishing backstory to it and i i don't know if it mirrors jeff's life a little bit i I can't get into that that's that's for jeff to divulge if he (laughs) wants to but uh but jeff tell us about where you grew up and how you got started into fly fishing, and how you ended up in Florida, because that's not where you started. Well, I grew up in in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, so I was born. I I went to school there. Um, did a lot of fishing uh, with my grandfather, um, and um, um, just you know loved loved to fish. I was an impatient little kid, so. 
sometimes I'd get on my grandfather's nerves when uh, we'd go fishing. And at that time, we weren't fly fishing. We were fishing with worms or, or salmon eggs. And so, uh, you know, we'd sit down and start start fishing. And, you know, if I hadn't caught anything in 15 minutes, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we just got skunked. You know, we were out there all day and got nothing. But if I didn't catch anything in 15 minutes... I was trying something else. I mean, like, oh, I'm, you know, Pappy, can I put, can I put this on, or can I put that on, or I'd get up and you know walk down the, down the stream, and, uh, um, but I, I love, I love it. I still call it home. And uh, one of the places that we used to fish a lot it was the Little Lehigh River, mm. and uh, uh, it's a beautiful river. I, I love it. Every time I go, I go back to Pennsylvania. You can find me there um for part of the time and uh uh it's just um just um um you know something that that uh, soothes me when i when i'm on the on the river um i left there to go to college um in uh, meadville allegheny college in meadville pennsylvania up near lake erie um went to law school in pittsburgh at duquesne and um, not Dukins, not Dukins. It's the Dukes, isn't it? <laughs> it is the, the Duke, Dukes. but it's spelled like Dukins. Duke, yeah. So if yeah. you're not in the know, yeah. it's got a Q in there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the Dukes. Um, and um, and probably about six months or so, eight months after I graduated from law school, I got my dream job down in Florida uh, as a federal prosecutor down there, and. Um, it was a pretty wild time, 1987, late 80s, and there's all kinds of stuff going on down there. It wasn't Miami, but it was not far from Miami as far as the things that were going on. And uh, That's back when cocaine was big. Crockett and Tubbs, man. <clears throat> what? Yeah. Crockett and Tubbs. Miami Vice. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Miami Vice. <laughs> I know Magnum. P.I., but I don't know. Magnum P.I. was before Miami Vice. Was it really? Yes. Well, they didn't play reruns of Miami Vice after school like they did. <laughs> right, there's there's <laughs> probably reasons for that. <laughs> that's how I know. <laughs> so uh, so that's what that's what uh, got me to Florida. And I was, uh, I was there for 30 years, except for a very brief time. I was in New Hampshire doing the same thing. And... Uh, uh, I retired in in uh, uh, 2017 after 30 plus years doing this, and uh, um, so um, and the way I got into fly fishing, uh, interestingly, was in um, in Florida. We lived uh, near a lake, Lake Tarpon. Mm, um, sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Good, good bass fishing there. A really good bass fishing lake, and I used to go out and I had a little boat and I'd get out there, you know, when I could, and do some bass fishing. And uh, um, we used to fish with shiners, mm-hmm. you know, live bait stuff. And I had to drive around the other side of the lake to get shiners. <laughs> well, the, there was a place over there. I would go and I went in there and I looked up on the wall and you know, this guy's got this huge stuffed lunker up there on the on the wall and says uh, the world record for lake tarpon bass taken on a fly rod and i went wow that's pretty cool (laughs) and i knew nothing about fly fishing at the time and um 
So I ended up getting a fly rod, and, and the first fly fishing that I did, I kind of just taught myself and uh, and did some did some fly fishing on Lake Tarpon. There you go. That's cool. <clears throat> so how self-taught, big, basically, for the most part? When I started. Yeah. And then I realized how much help I needed and, you know, and got some, some other people to help me. But uh, I learn, you know, I learn all the time. Yeah. So. That's the beauty of it, man. There's... You're always figuring stuff out. Right. Somebody, right. somebody mentioned something, and you're like, man, I never thought of that. Absolutely. So kind of. All the time. Yeah, which is, which is if you, cool. If you, stop, if you stop learning stuff when you get out there, you know. Yeah. It, uh, what do you like catching better, bass or trout? Oh, you, trout. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, trout, definitely. Yeah. Is that because you don't get to do it as much? No, I don't think so. I, I just... I like the streams. I like the rivers. I like fishing there. You know, the, not having things in the water that can eat you. Well, for sure on Lake Tarpon, you can, <laughs> you, you can go out there. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a fly fishing story. I was I was fishing one day. I was out on my own, and I was up at the north end of the lake. And I decided I was going down to a cove down on the south end of the lake. It's about seven miles, so I zipped on down there. And I had one half dead shiner left on a <laughs> on a bait caster rod. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I I I pulled in um, into some hydrilla, kind of back from the from the bank, and thought, you know, maybe I'm going to fly fish off the off the bow here. Yeah. So I took the rod that had the half dead shiner on it and threw it over the stern, and I'm setting up my fly rod, <clears throat> and um, I get up there and I start throwing it a couple times and i just happened to look back and the bait rod is down it's bent over it was in a, a rod holder and i thought this thing's gonna break i better find out what's on here obviously so i reel this thing in and it's a huge catfish just a just nasty i mean yeah. you know in the, in that lake it was you know they're not the they're that not is, the, that is a big lake <clears throat> i just pulled it up that's it's about seven miles long yeah. and, a, and a mile wide at the at the widest point. Wow! And then it has a canal that runs down into the north part of, actually empties into the north part of uh, Tampa Bay. Sure does. But um, wow. so I just you know I couldn't get the hook. The thing was you know halfway down his body. So I I cut the line, put this thing away, and I come back and I'm standing out there on the bow. And I toss out there, and I look, and I go, you know, if you could see my arm right now, the hair is standing up on my arm right now. Because when I look out there, I go, oh, my God, what is that? And it was the biggest head of an alligator <laughs> that I had ever seen. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was about 30 feet from the boat. And I went, oh, my gosh. So I'm watching him. I threw the fly ride back, still watching, looking over at my at my fish finder for the whole thing to go black what hearing yeah. the the theme from jaws in my head <laughs> and uh just turned that crank the engine and just threw it in reverse and just popped the the uh anchor out just like that and yeah. i was back there i never saw an alligator that are you know that big there are some big gators there on the lake yeah and of course water moccasins and Oof. you know what else what else can you throw into the mix so. nope is there any peacock bass um, not that I've ever seen. Okay. So. Yeah. Peacock bass. You ever caught one? No. Oh, me neither. Well, since trout's your favorite, favorite fish, uh, where's your favorite place that you fished for trout? 
Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I love, I love the little Lehigh. Um, that's cause that's my home stream. Yeah. yeah. And, but, um, I, I love the snake river. Yeah. I've fished uh-huh. there a number of times and, uh, uh, I mean that place is beautiful. I always tell my wife that uh, you know if uh, you know if the angel comes down and says you got one day left, you can do whatever you want. I said, make sure I'm standing in the Snake River, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking up at the Grand Tetons with a fly rod in my hand, yeah, and and um, pulling out a couple of cutthroats before I go. Yeah, so uh, pretty nice, pretty nice place. Yeah. Um, and uh, I caught a beautiful cutthroat this this last year. Uh, we were out there. And I fished Flat Creek, which is um, right across from Jackson. As you come into Jackson, um, it's um, there's an elk refuge there, mm-hmm. huge elk refuge. And from the from the road, I mean, you can barely see the creek. It's a little, it's a spring creek, and it runs through there. And uh, and the fisher cages all get out. And I get a great guide who took me out um, and. Um, we put a we put one of the the prettiest fish I think I've ever seen. It was about an eighteen inch cutthroat trout in, and he said, "Man, he said, that's the nicest trout I've pulled out of this place." That's awesome, man. That's so, fantastic. I'm sure he just said that because he's a guide, right? And, <laughs> <laughs> Salesman. Yeah, mm. but um, now it's pretty pretty nice fish. So um, that isn't what I, I usually say. Man, the last guy that caught one of those tipped me two hundred dollars. That's how we usually work. It. <laughs> <laughs> Bought me the salesman there. That's great. You thought the Scott Rod was anything, man. Oh heavens. Oh, man. So um tell us, and I wanna and I wanna ask the question I asked you as we was making our way to the park. Why did you decide to write a book? Well, um you know, I started to um, I would read when I had some time, and usually it was on vacation if I had some downtime, um, and I would read murder mysteries or, or legal thrillers. And half the time, I, I've got a bunch of half-read books because I'd get halfway through it and I would go, this is nonsense. This would never happen. This is not. This is not the way it happens, and that's because you're living it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I thought, you know, if if I ever if I ever decide to jump into this and write a book, I'm going to write a book that no one's going to read through it and get halfway through it. Someone who you know who did what I did and say, oh, this is not the way it would happen. On the contrary, they're going to say this is exactly the way it would yeah. happen. Um, that's, so that's kind of like those, uh, <coughs> I don't know if me. you've ever seen them, those YouTube, there's, there's a YouTube channel out there that has people that are maybe professionals in something or, or, and they like dissect movies and go, that's not real. That's not real. Actually, that, that is what we do. Um, they did that with, uh, I forget yeah. the guy that did Alex, the, the mountain climber. Mm-hmm. He went through a ton of movies and was yes. like, yeah, that's not real. They had like a submariner talking about like, right. I did that with Ghostbusters. You should do that. Yeah. Yeah? I did that with Ghostbusters. I was like, that's not real. Yeah? <laughs> what, Slimer? Slimer, that's not Slimer real. wasn't real? Statue of Liberty walking? That's not real. Uh, I mean, that was, it was a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, wasn't it? <laughs> 
but you should yeah. you could do that for stuff like that where yeah. it's like no nah, that doesn't happen in real life yeah it, it's um so the way i started writing it um i was working at the time so um i just happened to be sitting back at the computer one night and I said you know what i'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna write a chapter and it's not even a chapter that's in that book really it's not um i wrote it and it was just rough and I read it, and I went, okay. I took it and gave it to Vicky, and I said, just read this. She goes, what are you doing? I said, just just read this. So she read it, and she goes, where's the next chapter? And, you know, and that's kind of how we started. And then when I ended up doing, writing this, I ended up, you know, cutting cutting that chapter out. Um, but um, that's how I get started with it. And uh, it's a... Um, um, it's a, it is a legal thriller murder mystery. It's got a, um, it's got a fly fishing backstory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not a river runs through it. So <laughs> no, um, not at all. <clears throat> and so, you know, when people say, well, I don't want to read, I don't want to read about fly fishing because there are people who just want to read murder mysteries Yeah, and I don't want to turn them off from reading it. Uh, I think, it is primarily a legal thriller murder mystery, but um, the first four of the first six chapters are set on are either set on the river, and the Little Lehigh River is uh, this is where this takes place, fictionally, mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, and the last three chapters are uh, on the river and. Probably a quarter of the book takes place with things occurring on the on the river, and there, you know, there are other people that are involved. There's um, one of the characters in the book is uh, uh, runs a fly shop there. In fact, there's a fly shop there, an old fly shop. It's a um, <clears throat> An old house that they used to use. Um, they used to use cold water coming in there, and uh, use that for refrigeration before mm-hmm. electric refrigeration. And um, there were a number of people who, who I had experience with, who actually ran that shop, and it was a, a great little shop. It's closed now, but um, there is a character who runs the fly shop there, um, and and the guy who actually was running it you know for at, at the last uh, time that I was up there before they closed it down is Dave Bittner who wrote a little blip for the back of the book mm-hmm. oh nice and um, <clears throat> of course the the main character is Thax Colby he's a he's a federal prosecutor and a fly fisherman and uh, um, is he based on you like how do you base the character? Like, I always wonder how people when they when they write books and it's a fiction. Obviously, not if it was real, it's pretty easy to pull characters. But it's like it's got to be people that influence something in your life that you're like that person's that guy or this lady's this this person. Well, let's just say that um, uh, I think my wife thinks it's me. Yeah. Um, although she's a little concerned that Dax's girlfriend is not her. yeah boy no oh boy um but uh we've been married 30 years this year and uh 
So I, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and uh, she's probably going to be laughing when she, I hope she's laughing when she sees that. Um, <laughs> but um, where was I? <laughs> oh, we were talking about the characters. How, oh. how you kind of came up. Oh, like, is it, is yeah. it based on people in, in your life? Yeah, you know, when, when for me, when for just about all of the characters that I wrote, it's a lot easier if you base them on someone who's real. I can see that, yeah, because you can pull characteristics the, out. The stuff. way they talk, uh, yeah. the way they look, and you can change all that stuff, but, I mean, you know, you can change the way they look, but, I mean, there's a character in the book who is based on, you know, on a, a, an old uh, uh, supervisor in in the Drug Enforcement Administration who was, uh, uh, you know, he was a Marine and he's, you know, had from new york and new york accent and that's just the way he he talked in his all of his mannerisms um one of the homicide investigators is kind of uh a mix between two guys that were great homicide investigators that i knew and i took some traits from one of them and one from the other and and it's you know obviously it's fictional characters but you and and then there are others that you just I mean, you just make them up. And and the great thing about writing fiction is you don't have to make sure that you're right about everything. (laughs) You know, I mean, if you're writing, I mean, people have asked me, well, you know, you've worked on so many great cases. Why don't you write a book with, you know, you know, all the cases that you've worked on? And, you know, and, and it's not that I would be completely adverse to doing that, but you have to make sure that if you're going to say this is, a, you know, this is real, this is nonfiction, yeah. that you get it right. That's right. The facts have to line up. You and... can't make mistakes about about things that happen. And with fiction, you can you can yeah. write what you want to write. And yeah. You can write your own story, and there's nothing right or wrong about it. Yeah. So. So how long did it take you to from like start to finish? You think to long time. Uh, yeah. it took me almost three years to write it. Um, and you started it after you retired, or while you started were still working? It while I was still working. Okay. So I would be up. I would have some late nights, and and you know I'll work a full day, come home, and you know do the things I needed to do around the house, and then when everything settled down for the night, I would head back into my office and and uh, start to write and. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes it was you know short night. Sometimes it was a late night, and um, but I finished it after I retired, and I also realized that it in the process of taking the manuscript and turning it into a published book um, takes quite a bit of time. I was about to ask you: Did you self-publish, or did you go through a publisher? I, I self-published. Did you? Yeah. Um, the, the, I had some people who told me that they thought I should submit it to some of the big publishers. Mm-hmm. The but what I was kind of what I learned and what I was told was: uh, first of all, you have to have an agent. Um. Secondly, and and one of the things that I definitely did not want to do is you kind of have to give them you know, literary license to do whatever they want to do yeah. with the book. So if they want to change the ending. They can do it. Or they want to change mm. a character or they want to cut this character out. 
you know, it's and then you know, every, everybody's taken. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and then everybody's taken their part. You know, everybody wants a part. And um, I mean, I didn't write the book to make money. I wrote the book because I wanted. Yeah, because you, you know, wanted to do it. I wanted yeah. to do it. Um, and uh, so, the self-publishing thing, you know, is a great thing. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it. it uh, um, you do it the way you want to do it, and. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you can see some books that are self-published that are that are junk. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. But um, when when you look at this book and you look at the cover, the cover was done professionally, and one of the things that I read in you know the million things I read about uh, about publishing was. If that book's in a bookstore or it's on the internet, which is where most of the sales for this book come from, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, people are very visual. Oh, absolutely. And, and you've got about 10 seconds when they see your book. Yeah, to kind of grab their attention. For it to grab their, their attention. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if that cover doesn't do it, they're, you yeah. know, they're on to the next book. So. Um, it's kind of like when you used to go in the video store. You yeah. see all the videos, and yeah. you, you didn't know what you wanted to watch that night, and like, oh, that looks cool. Right, right. So yeah. you so you got to yeah. you got to do that, and and uh, this is amazing. The people that did this were actually in New Zealand. Um, they they sent me two different covers, and when I looked at this cover. This bridge, I had no idea where they'd found this bridge. This bridge is Bogert's Bridge, which is actually just um, maybe a mile down the Little Lehigh River. Oh, really? From where this, uh, most of the events in the, uh, in the book take place on the river. It's one of the oldest covered bridges in the in the United okay. States, that's cool, and uh, and that's the that's the bridge, and so you know I have a picture of me somewhere where I'm holding my book and standing in front of Bogart's Bridge. Um, pretty uh, that's cool, pretty amazing that they were able to do that. So that's fantastic. So the uh, the book, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, when you came up with the uh, maybe the storyline or the plot or whatever, maybe you just started writing. Is it based upon any case that maybe you had prosecuted, or is this just totally off the wall? No. Um, well, um, the, the story is about a federal prosecutor who is investigating um, a corrupt Allentown Police Department. Uh, again, purely fictional, um, and it and it goes it goes beyond that. Um, there are so many things in the book that, that occur that I drew upon my experiences. Some, some things, um, I took, I took a, a, you know, an actual occurrence and I tweaked it for what I wanted to do, um, in the book. It's not based upon any one case. I prosecuted public corruption cases. Most of the most of the cases I prosecuted were narcotics cases and organized crime cases. Um, 
uh, gangs. Um, but um, um, I, I did prosecute public corruption cases for a while and supervised the unit that did that. And so, you know, I have, I have experiences that were um, incorporated, if you will. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So... That's cool. You I want to. I want to read it now. <laughs> well, it, the thing that strikes me about this book, and, and Tanya was, you know, very upfront and forthright with it, is, you know, when when this was, you know, three four years ago, you're like, man, this could happen today. Yeah. Or it could have happened ten years ago, or it could happen now. I mean, it's that's what, the thing about what it. era is it set in? Is it an older, or is it new, or is it like, like it could. Like are the characters you know from the forties? Are they no. from the seventies? Or is they the, is the, it modern day? Or the the prologue is a um, if you were hearing it in a movie mm-hmm. is a narration of an event that occurred. Um, Hold on, who's narrating? Is it Morgan Freeman? Well, James Earl Jones. <laughs> 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 Who do we have narrating? No, I, I'm just <laughs> saying as a um, as you as you read the prologue yeah. to the book, um, it is. A, a narration of someone who experienced something on that day. Mm-hmm. It occurs at the Little Lehigh River, and it's a young boy who's with his grandfather, um, and they are there to fish. Um, you know, very much like what could have happened with with my grandfather and I. My brother would have been there with us as well, um, but. That is, there's a date and time that's kind of marked there by the date of the cars. Okay. So um, that part of the that part of the the book is somewhere around 1969. Okay. So you you, but then you jump from there, and then you jump immediately into you know, what would be present day. Yeah. And, um, but there are references. Yeah. Back going that, back. So. Yeah. That's cool. So it's, um, that's good. So a little bit of like foreshadowing type stuff in there. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you, when you, I think when you read the prologue, you read a story, but you don't have any idea what that story is. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> <at all. laughs> yeah. Now the fishing that takes place in the book, and I've asked you this, but uh, does it reflect on any experience that you've had, particularly fishing, and especially on the Little Lehigh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are pe- people who have read the book have you know, who have never fished and or who've never fly fished have you know have written me notes or or, or you know communicated with me and said, "I thought I thought it was there." Um, I, you know, I'm going to start fly fishing. Um, the, there, the descriptions are obviously descriptions of of places and you know parts of the river that I have fished and yeah. you know and the flora and and the birds and everything there. And so, you know, when you when you read that, and that's that's what I wanted. I wanted someone who, you know, who it's it's not a fly fishing book. But I wanted people who were fly fishermen to read it and go, wow, I've been there. 
Um, yeah. And I also wanted people who had not fly fished to go, wow, I would like to be here. Yeah. Um, and so there are, there are, uh, as far as the description of the, of the things that happen and, you know, and, and I describe fish rising and stuff like that. One of the stories, and I don't know if I maybe I told you, but, um, there is one point in the, in the book where Thax, the main character, catches a, a really big fish and it, it it was kind of inspired by um what would happen as i would be walking from the f- far end of where i would fish back to the parking lot which i'm going to say is maybe a quarter mile there would always be a little place a short short part of the water there gin clear water the the water at most of the time was probably um you know a foot to 18 inches high rocks but um there seems like there was always this big fish that was just sitting there and he wasn't moving and the first time i saw him i didn't even know if he was real because he was just sitting there and so, you know, and I would go down and I would start throwing throwing stuff at him and nothing faced him. I, I thought I could pick up a rock and throw it down there and this fish is still going to be sitting there going, you know, like this. And uh, so I got to the point where when I, would, when I would finish for the day and I was walking back to my car, I would always have something on, you know, I'd always have something I was going to throw if I saw this fish there. And most of the time, it was either that, you know, and not saying it was the same fish, but there was either a fish or, or two fish sitting there, just sitting there in this clear water. And I would throw in and just kind of chuckle. And sometimes I would take it and just kind of whack the fly down on the water just to see if it would move them. No. So one day I was leaving and, and uh, I had an ant. I had just tied an ant on Um and walked on by and I was just joking and just threw it out there and all of a sudden bam this thing hits like a ton of bricks I'm like what what did I do wrong here all this time so uh anyway there's there's things like that 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 have occurred experiences that I had on the on the little Lehigh or or other places fishing um you know again just like the um just like the things that occurred with the the murder mystery and the investigation, mm-hmm. so many things that you just you you have to draw from your experiences and and hope that your storytelling is is good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love the um, right here in your prologue. You know, it's like you, you hook everybody because I feel like a lot of guys can go back to this, but it's you know, hey, what are we going to fish with? That pass, get the worms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, it's that's how a lot of us right. started, and, and, and we we a lot of us can go back to that moment, right? For sure. And and um, the Maxwell House, I don't know if the yeah, Maxwell yeah. House can. We used to have this. My my pappy used to have this Maxwell House can, and we would get night crawlers and you put them in there yeah. and you put a damp cloth over the top of it and we'd always carry that thing around, and. You know, maybe a year after I after um, I published the book, one of my neighbors 
had read the book and he told me, he said, he said, I just loved your book. And I'm walking by there the one day and he said, he says, I got something for you. And he comes out with this old Maxwell House coffee can. I went, where did you get that? He goes, I've had, I've had it. He said, but I think you should have it. Found it beside the little leaf. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Oh, yeah. Lord help. Man, that's amazing. It was it was a Folgers can in Davidson County. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's it could have been stuff, like a man. Baker's coconut can. That's right. Yeah. All kinds of cans. Well, well, the other the other thing uh, I can tell you is that the picture of me. There's a little story back here about the author. Okay. okay. And if you you look at that stringer, there are nine fish on there. The limit in Pennsylvania is eight, and uh, um, so I think the statute of limitations is run. I was about to say, are you, are you prosecuting yourself here? Like we got a. Uh, Taste, taste tester there, right? Well, no, I, I, that's at my that's at my my uh, my pappy's house. Uh, the car in the background is actually, uh, if you read the description of the car in the prologue, um, it is a description of his car. Um, the uh, um, this was opening day, mm-hmm. and everybody was fishing with worms. And we used to fish at Cedar Creek, and there was a bridge there. And people would crowd around and try to get under that bridge. And what happened was, on this day, so many people got under the bridge. There was a blind guy who used to used to fish from the top of the bridge on the upstream part, and he would just drop his line in, and he would tangle up with everybody. <laughs> and so... <laughs> And his son was up there, and I think it was a conspiracy. Like he'll tangle up everybody else's line, and then when all the lines are up and the I'll throw in. lines, I'll throw in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but um, brilliant. <laughs> I got I got so frustrated because I was impatient, and I walked downstream. There were some riffles down there, and I grabbed my tackle box. I had some salmon eggs in there. Threw in a salmon egg, threw it into the water, boom, I got a fish. Next thing you know, I got, a, I got like, my grandfather's looking down because he can see me with, you know, with another fish. Finally, he puts his rod down, he comes down, and he goes, he goes, how many, how many fish did you catch? And I'm like, they're on the stringer, Pappy. He goes, how many did you catch? I said, I caught eight. And he said, well, he said, you know, that's the limit. And he said, but let me, let me get one of those fish. <laughs> And put it on my stringer and keep fishing. <laughs> and so I did, and I caught another one. So that's that Pennsylvania math. Yeah. <laughs> it's really subtraction. So, it's not addition. So I know he's he's looking that's down awesome. and 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 hopefully laughing about that. Um, so I caught nine fish. My grandfather caught none. My brother caught none, and so that was me holding. That's all. The cash for the day. Story, man. So, uh, Jeff, where, where can people uh, pick your book up at? Um, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, it's the easiest way to get it. Um, you can, if you just type Jeff Downing Amazon, it'll come mm-hmm. right up with the with Tangled page. lines. Yeah, you can get it at, uh, at Barnes & Noble. Uh, they, they carry it online. They don't carry it in the store. And if you can't find it anywhere else, you can uh, always email me at Jeffrey Downing. Dot com 
and I'll get the book to you somehow. Cool. There you go. I, I will say, I'm not going to say what the car is, but I'm pretty sure there's there's a few of these cars in the bank down in Bryson City, Delayed Harvest. Oh, <laughs> the, the car in the prologue? Yeah. Just like, <laughs> pretty sure. Let's just say it's a nice Ford. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it a four or a two-door? Uh, I don't know. There's was a two door. Okay. Oh, that's even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are real nice. Real nice. Those cars, cars were real nice. I mean, there's some of those sitting in people's garages that are antiques that go oh, yeah. shows. Absolutely. And they're sitting in a bank in Bryson City. Yeah. 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 It's pretty incredible. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, such a such a cool story, man. I'm I'm hooked just reading the prologue here. So well, that's, I, I that's will prologues echo. for right. <laughs> I, I, I will echo, and I, and I really truly mean this. I mean, this is a book that. um you know that you should that you should read even if you don't read a lot because it's just like Jeff said i mean it, you know you think about the setting and stuff it really hooks you in no pun intended but it you think about it it could happen today it could happen 5 years ago it can happen 10 years from now and that's the neat thing about it and it's the story is told so vividly mm-hmm. you think you're li- you know you're in the story and it's something that like i said i mean it could you could see it in a movie or something yeah. like that and and uh, should have got an agent it's it's a good one. It, it it really is it really is a good book, and I'm not saying that just because you know fish with Jeff or whatever. It's the facts, you know. That's the truth. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, man, absolutely. So we get awesome. Yeah, fishing report. Let's do a fishing report. Don't yeah, hit, man. Don't hit that water button. I already got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what? The fishing report is brought to you by Norvice. Norvice. I better flies faster. Efficient. So if you use the right fly, that's what happens. That's it. Jeff, have you heard that? You've heard that a few yes, times. Yes, I have heard that quite a few times. Good deal. Nice. Nice. So what's happening? I, I, hey, I've been laid up, man. I've been off the water. Everybody got, like looks at everybody. I've got sad news. I think the hair's ear run is over. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the hair's ear run's never over. Wah, wah, wah. It, it's, it's cranking in the park for sure, but I think on the delayed harvest uh, – the new residents. <laughs> gotcha. That's right. There was some new residents moved in. Yeah, the uh, mop flies doing it. Uh, you know, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's kind of back to a little bit of junk, but it's like some junk foods, the bright stuff in the morning. And then as the sun gets high, you do have to kind of go to those, the perfect, you know, those, those pertagons have really been doing well. Um, you know, the copper johns with the rubber legs have been kicking it. A uh, nice. I'm frozen with a smile on my face. <laughs> that, was that was perfect. That was man. great. It, it popped up. Internet hasn't been the best today. Oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> now he's like trying to make it freeze. <laughs> well, the water tips are going to change too. We were talking about this. Yeah. Uh, yes. What yesterday? Look, yes. it's still frozen. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> it was frozen as I was frozen. Hmm. So Mar- that'll probably change. Some Marvin stuff and I talked about it on the um, Articulate Fly podcast last night. The uh, yeah, those overnight lows. Shannon and I were talking in the shop. We were looking at overnight lows. We got highs in the seventies. Pushing 80 in some places for sure, depending on where you're at in the low elevation uh, areas. But the overnight lows are what allow those streams to cool off. And certainly higher elevation, um, they're going to be, you know, certainly cooler than, let's say, 60 degrees. But when we in the valley get, you know, lows of 64, that's that's when things day after day after day, let's say four-day run, are going to cause problems with no rain. And it looks like we're going to have a dry summer. I looked at the extended forecast. There's yeah. there's nothing over 30% chance in the next two and a half weeks. So that is that is kind of concerning. So um, I think it's going to be a warm, dry summer is my prediction. 
Um, I haven't read the Farmer's Almanac. We'll find clear. out now. He's put it on the record. Dale has put, put it out put there. It out there. He's on so, record. So I'm just going to say it's going to be a wet summer. There you go. I mean, <laughs> it's 50-50, right? Hey, wait, 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 wait. Phone a friend, Shannon. It's, it's a dry summer when you're not in the water, but it's a wet summer when That's you're right. in the water. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I, I love last summer when it was like, oh, 85 degrees, storm. And it cool everything off. Yeah. I mean, we know there's some waters that never got above 64 because of that. Um, yes. So that's, I think, a best-case scenario. Yeah. But obviously we saw in 2016 when we had the fires and the prolonged yeah. drought. Yes. That's not always going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. It was a 15-degree difference from the parkway to town. Mm-hmm. Today? Today. And that's why we stress when we get in. It was 52 up there. Was it really? Uh-huh. When I was coming back around. What was it here? 1 o'clock. Well, I guess plus 15. <laughs> Yeah, seventy-seven. Yeah, so that's why we stress when it warms up. We get into the end of June, July. Yeah, 65. that's why we say higher elevations canopy yeah. cover. That's the reason why. Yeah, you know, because there the nighttime temperatures are going to cool down enough where you're going to have some cooler water. Yeah. The park and stuff will still be cool. We're down in the cool valley, up. and even in the park, you still got to kind of seek out those places mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So obviously, on the tuck, you know, your wild fisheries are totally cranking up. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things there, yellow. Yeah, yeller, yellers in. Yep, yeller, yeller sallies, yellers. old yeller, and and the inchworms are out in the park too. Yeah, usually around Mother's Day, the inchworm makes oh, makes an appearance. Uh, yes, there you go. Absolutely. Um, I don't yeah. know if I can say that on the podcast, but I just did. Greeny weenie. Greeny weenie. <laughs> hey, weenie some of the stuff it. I've said, I didn't know I said. You can say no. greeny weenie. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, you've been fishing the last couple of days. What flies have you had some success on? Um. Uh, you know the prince nymph is it's always a great one is uh is great um uh, what was that that purple one you gave me this morning oh was that a chernobyl purple chernobyl it was a chernobyl you know know, it's the black right so it's the black foam with that uh, with the dark purple purple, and when it gets wet it it darkens up and i think that silhouette is so important yeah yeah very very important the chernobyl ant did, did pretty well cool well there you go because we talked about it last time about terrestrials yes yeah, we had a Start whole episode. I got some uh, poxy ants in as yeah, well. Those yeah, things are those, sweet. I those love fishing that. You can, you can dry drop them, or you can double, you know, tag them off of a nymph. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the the poxy ant is just fire. Mm-hmm. Fire Absol- emoji, fire emoji. Fire, fire. Fire, fire, fire. That's funny, Beavis. So the guide tip of the week is... Make sure you got gas. Make sure you have a full <laughs> tank of fuel Fill up before you get here. Make sure you mm. top off. Um, Don't let it get and, below half. And bring your extra rod. Because <clears throat> oh. we've had several people in the last yeah. couple of weeks that have come in that have broke a rod. Mm-hmm. And some of them had backups, some of them didn't. Um, or if you don't bring it, if you don't ride. bring it, come on by. And who do you come and see? <laughs> That's it. You see Shannon. You come, come and see, see Big we Mess. Got, we got some fresh ones over <laughs> we here. We got some <laughs> real nice Scott centrics over here, ready to roll. But yes. it's always good to have that backup rod, mm-hmm. you know. So, just well, to, I will say warranties right now. Yeah, there is point. a backlog on warranties because of the supply chain interruption. So, so come buy a backup rod. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is something to think about. I mean, it really is. If you think about, you know, if you're traveling somewhere as a destination type trip, mm-hmm. you've invested everything else into it, but you go with one one yeah. weapon, one tool. That's it. What happens when that tool it gets broke or somebody, I mean, Lord forbid somebody steals it, but mm-hmm. what do you do? You're out of luck. Yeah. So why not always well, have a contingency? Leave them, leave them on the bedroom floor. Mm-hmm. 
right. <laughs> you come and you come and meet me. You come over That's from right. Maggie Valley and you That's meet right. the big famous big mess. Uh, Absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> it's a very good point, very valid point that we you know we chuckle about people. You know people leave boots and things, but uh, but a rod man. Gotta have that rod. Gotta have the rod. Who's yeah. who's who's shaking today? That's Dale, his phone's vibrating. It nice. might, it might well, be uh, Martin for the trip tomorrow. So. I got you. Well, Jeff, man, thanks for thanks yeah, for man. coming and sharing your time with us, and thanks. obviously, uh, you know, big shout out to Vicky for letting you come up here and spend some time with us. Thanks for having um, me. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry, couldn't get on the water with you today, but we'll uh, we'll make that up down the Absolutely. down the road Absolutely. for sure. And uh, yeah, anything else we need to do before we go somewhere? I don't know. Oh, hearts and minds clear. There's no special announcements or, announcements or anything, right? Just make sure that you got gas. I'm on the last snap. All That's right. <laughs> Appreciate you, folks. <laughs>that wraps up another exciting and informative episode of the tuck cast with a splash of bourbon presented by tuckasegee fly shop and guide service located at 3 depot street bryson city north carolina and 530 west main street silver north carolina be sure to visit www.tuckflyshop.com for streamflow information book a guided trip or even shop for your favorite tuckasegee fly shop gear follow the crew on Facebook at Tuckasegee Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and on YouTube at Tuckasegee Fly Shop. If you have a question or comment, feel free to send those to info at tuckflyshop.com or give us a call 1-828-488-3333. For Coach Dell Diesel Collins, Bobby the Bearded Wonder Bennett, I'm Shannon, Big Mess Messer. We'll catch you next week. Be sure to catch a few fish out there, won't you? Y'all take care.